what it's like to work with a Disney travel agent on episode 26 of Checking In. All right, I'm here today with Joe Chung and my sister-in-law, Kelly. We are going to talk about planning a trip to Walt Disney World. This is an interesting podcast because we don't know where it's going to be published. We don't know if it's going to be published, but I wanted to get together with Joe and Kelly to talk about planning a trip for Kelly and her family with Joe's expertise in Walt Disney World planning. So welcome to the show, Kelly. Welcome, Joe. Good to hear from you again. Always happy to be back, Bob. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Bob. Well, I want I want to hear, Joe, how the magic happens because... I like to say that you are my Disney World travel agent, and I know a lot about planning Disney trips, but I find it to be really helpful to have you planning them for me because you take a lot of the hard work out of my agenda, planning dining reservations, making me aware of you know when prices go down and things like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm really, I, I guess, happy to refer you here to Kelly and her family, but maybe we should start with the premise of the whole trip. Kelly and her family go to uh, California a lot, Disney Disneyland a lot. But this is a not a first trip to Walt Disney World, but they want, really want to make this one special. So Kelly, you want to tell us a little bit about some of the history of the trips that you've taken, uh, not just at Disneyland, but uh, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, and that type of stuff? Yeah, sure, Bob. So uh, we've, I, we've been going to Disneyland since the girls were little. I have a 14 and 16-year-old and started them off right away. Um, pretty much, we went to Disneyland probably two times every year for since they've been um, been little. We just love going to Disneyland. They have a blast. They're pretty much experts at this point. They know their way around. They do the Genie Plus. They um, they have it all planned out. They just actually in January went on a Disney girls trip with two of their friends and um, I went with the moms and they were all over that park. So they love it. We have done, uh, we went on a Disney cruise uh, like 2017 and really enjoyed that. And we last year, the best thing we um, did was we went on an adventures by Disney tour of Southern California, went to Hollywood. We went to the Imagineering studios uh, behind the scenes at um, Indiana jo- Jones at Disneyland. So we, very familiar with Disneyland, went to Disney World when they were little and haven't been back yet. So we're looking forward to now that they're older, they're going to remember this, um, just to going there and seeing what's different and uh, really just enjoying the parks there. I think that's perfect setup, Kelly. Thanks for that. Uh, Joe, have you, I'm sure you've dealt with things in the opposite direction, people going out to Disneyland after being Walt Disney World experience, but in the opposite direction, um, you know, Walt Disney World would seem to have everything and then some that California has, but there probably are some things that are better uh, at one park than the other. And uh, for, for Kelly and her family, I think going to Disney World, they want to do the best of what's unique there. You know, there are some attractions there that you just can't get in California. And the hotel situation is so different. So that's where I was thinking of maybe starting. I mean, you go from three hotels in California to what is it, like 25, 30 in Florida or something like that? Tell us about the differences there, Joe. Yeah, I mean, there's like 20 plus hotels in Walt Disney World. I actually have a couple of clients going in April. They are... Uh, they were went to Disneyland. They're like two families who like to travel together. They went to Disneyland last year, but they're Seattle based, and so like you, Kelly, they're fairly close to Disneyland. So they're Disneyland regulars. Um, maybe not as much as regular as you. By the way, um, Kelly said Adventures by Disney Cruise because I was trying to sell her 
on a river cruise for next summer. So, uh, <laughs> you know, always be closing, Bob. Always be closing. <laughs> oh, they, but, they've already gone to Alani at least once uh, as well, Joe. So they, they almost have all the board collected here. Almost the whole, whole board. Yeah, yeah. We, we need. We need. Uh, it's like a Hyatt brand explorer. We need to. <laughs> we need to get you on a adventure, adventures by Disney cruise, Kelly, and then you will uh, have completed the set. Okay. But, um, <laughs> that sounds good. We'll talk about that one offline. So, um, but yeah, so I, I think for Disney World, I the really the first thing I always think about is it's like visiting. It's more like visiting like a large city versus Disneyland is visiting, you know, really kind of like a small community. Like everything is so compact. And yeah, for hotels, like you said, Bob, there are like twenty Disney hotels as opposed to the three that are in Disneyland. And then of course there are a lot of offsite options. Now, Kelly, for people coming over to Disney world, especially if you're a Disney fan, I mean, I'm going to say that you're really going to want to stay on site. Um, and then, you know, I asked Kelly yesterday uh, offline where she has stayed at Disneyland. And she said, uh, Bob, we both agree that you have spoiled us and we have stayed at the grand Californian due to your fancy tastes. And, uh, <laughs> incepting us and making us think that we need to stay in places like that. So is it's that hard right, to go Kelly? back in life, right? You never want to like uh, get a worse car than you had, move to a worse neighborhood or something like that. So yeah, the, the Grand California there is just so nice, so close. And I'm, I'm almost worried that there's going to be a little bit of uh, everything seems so far apart at Walt Disney World. I mean, you, Joe, you've been out to Disneyland a couple, three times. I, like how do, do, do people, when they go to Walt Disney World after Disneyland, start getting crabby? Like, oh man, everything's so far apart. Yeah, I, I think... It's as a matter of expectation. I think in Disneyland, you are used to you can walk and be in a park in 15 minutes. And with some of the Disney hotels, and uh, probably the ones that I'll recommend to you, Kelly, although they are um, Bob tasted, Bob taste type of hotels, but some of them you can do that. But at least for where, no matter where you're staying, for at least two of the parks, you're gonna have to get on a bus or take a lift or something like that. And so it's going to be like a 15 to 20 minute ride and, you know, kind of door to door, you're thinking 30 to 45 minutes to get on the parks. That's just not something that you think about in Disneyland. We talked about the Grand California and it has a direct entrance into California Adventure. And that's, that's just not something that you can get at Walt Disney World. Now, what you lose in convenience, you kind of make up for in breadth, uh, not necessarily depth. Um, and, you know, we always say this, I know you know this, Bob, both Disney parks or all six Disney parks in the world, really. But if you're just looking domestically, both parks are worth visiting and have their own pros and cons. But I mean, Kelly, what I would ask you, um, and like, this is what I would do with my clients is what are you looking for out of a hotel? Like, and when you're thinking about this trip, are you thinking you're going to spend some time at the pool? Do you just want to hit the parks? You know, what type of Disney plans does your family usually have do you like go 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 or do you rest as well and that kind of factors into what kind of hotels i might recommend okay so i would say we go 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 but we also rest um we definitely when we're at disneyland we will get up early rope drop um get a bunch of things done go have some lunch and then we usually go back to the room take a little rest get ready for the evening go out to dinner um stay out a little late and pretty much every day seems to be like that. So we really enjoy having a nice room to go back to. We also like the location at Grand California because it is just easy to get back to. I do remember when 
uh, we were at Disney World when the kids were young, just being getting back on the tram in the evening with tired, grumpy kids and a stroller was not fun. So I'm looking forward to my kids are pretty mobile now. They can walk forever. Um, so I think it'll be a really different trip for us this time. And how many days are you thinking, like, are you, because normally if people are there for like five nights, say, um, I would recommend having a day, and this is different between Disneyland and Disney World. Like if you can be there long enough, I recommend having a day where you actually don't plan to go in the parks at all. Um, what I have to do personally for my family is actually not buy a ticket for that day because if I have the ticket, I'm going to be tempted to go in. Even like that fifth day is only like $30, not only, but it's an extra $30. But for me, because of the way like my brain works, if I have paid that $30, I'm going to go into the parks. But Disney World is just so much more tiring because of the travel. It's more walking. And so, you know, how many nights are you thinking overall? Because if you're there longer, I would suggest building in a rest day. If not, then you're going to build your rest into the afternoons. A split day could even come into play here, too. I mean, because I, I think that one thing I was saying, Joe, is that there's not one good hotel to stay at that's going to put you close to all the parks. It's just impossible. And then overlaying on top of that, wanting to go to unique hotels that they don't have in California, thinking like Animal Kingdom Lodge, even though that's not even particularly close to Animal Kingdom. It's not walking distance, not as close to the Grand Californian, for example. So how do we find that? Maybe two two places, I think, Kelly? How, how long were you thinking? Um, well, when we go to Disney, we often stay do a five-day park hopper. So I know that we would probably do a solid week. And I like the idea of maybe switching hotels. Um, Animal Kingdom is seems like a really novel place to stay. So I'm intrigued by that. But also, I would like to explore some of the other hotels there. So the the split might work out well for us. Yeah, I think so when people do a split stay, like what I normally recommend is um, do a few nights at Yodder Beach Club, which has the best pool on property. So even if you're not taking a rest day, the pool is great. And I guess your kids are older, so they may not be as into the slides and stuff like that. But still, uh, it's it's a great pool to hang out at. And mm-hmm. that is very close to Hollywood Studios and Epcot. So you'll do that on those days. And then normally with younger families, I recommend if you're doing a split stay to go to one of the monorail hotels. So you're going to be close to the Magic Kingdom. Now, since you're coming from Disneyland, the Magic Kingdom is probably the least unique park you're going to be visiting and you have to visit, right? It's a castle park. Um, it's got the best fireworks show and there are some things that are different. Uh, Tron is at magic kingdom, which you haven't been, but your kids are older. Like you don't necessarily need the convenience of walking to the parks. Um, yes, the bus is annoying. Uh, I, I was just there though. I found like lift is like after tip 12 to $15 per trip. So that's a good way to get around. And so, yeah, maybe you want to stay at Animal Kingdom Lodge because at Animal Kingdom Lodge, um, even in the standard rooms, you sometimes can get an angle view of the savannah so you can like see giraffes uh, in the distance. Um, it's not like Jurassic Park, though, where they're going to come <laughs> up and like um, sneeze on you while you're sleeping in a tree or something like that. But uh, yeah, you could do a standard room or if you know if you want a guaranteed like great view, you can pay for a savannah view room as well at Animal Kingdom Lodge. So I think either of those options in terms of a split stay uh, is, you know, would be a lot of fun and give you a nice variety and also combine that with some convenience when you're visiting the parks because they are so far away. 
I think you're definitely going to wind up on site, Kelly, knowing you and wanting to stay in the bubble. Have you stayed on, uh, I think in the past we've done like some moderate resorts, like Riverside or something like that. And, and for record, Joe, I stayed at Pop Century last time and it was just fine. And so another thing I think is really unique is the Skyliner. Uh, the potential to maybe do that from uh, Yacht and Beach down to things is just fantastic. So I, I, I'm almost thinking though, like a, Kelly, you were saying you, you'd be up for, you, you, you like the idea of a split stay. I don't think anybody likes the idea of actually having to move hotel rooms mid-trip, but there's almost like three, uh, if, if you stayed in three places, Animal Kingdom Lodge, uh, uh, yacht and beach, like Joe's saying, and somewhere up maybe the poly or the contemporary, that would almost be perfect. But I don't think that uh, moving twice on a trip is, is is in the cards. So you're almost going to have to, I think, make a choice between, I guess, Animal Kingdom Lodge and a monorail uh, hotel. Don't you think, Joe? Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, I agree with that. And yeah, Kelly, if you are trying to save money, so yacht and beach, monorail hotels, Animal Kingdom Lodge, those are all considered deluxe resorts. So that is more like Disneyland Hotel, Grand Californian prices. One option, if you want to save some money, is Caribbean Beach Resort, which is on the Skyliner. Um, The Skyliner is basically a gondola, like a ski gondola, that will take you to Epcot and Hollywood Studios. Um, That is a pretty nice resort, especially if your kids don't care about the pool as much. I mean, like they just would use any pool or maybe not uh, use a pool at all. Caribbean Beach Resort is going to be closer to Pixar Place, the new Pixar Place, uh, formerly Paradise Pier Hotel. Um, actually, Leslie's there sending videos to me right now of the new hotel um, that's in Disneyland. But yeah, so that's closer to those kinds of prices. $300 a night, maybe when it's on a sale, um, you know, high 200s. And so, you know, I think that's a good option too for a split stay so that you know, you don't have to be paying deluxe prices the entire time if you don't want to be. Yeah. Oh, what about the river? What about the Riviera, Joe? Oh yeah, the Rivieras. Oh, Bob, you're like, oh, I went to Pop Century, and then you just <laughs> suggesting the Riviera. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 you know, I think there's a different, uh, seriously, a different dynamic here for how often they come here. You know, when we went to Tokyo, I, I, if I was going to Tokyo once a month uh, every year, I'd be very frugal about the hotels I chose. But if it's like a once in a lifetime thing, I'm more apt to splurge. And I think for how often they go to Florida, uh, and knowing that they stay at the Grand California most times when they go to Disneyland, they probably want to stay at the at the deluxe resorts here. So uh, I like the beach club idea. So Kelly, what do you think? How important is a pool? Because I think the I, I agree with Joe that Stormlong Bay is a fantastic pool environment. But do you and the girls tend to go to the pool much or not really? We like to plan to go to the pool and then we never end up going to the pool. So I'm going to say that the pool is probably less important because my girls would probably say, well, we can swim at home. We live in Arizona. Um, There's plenty of swim time here. Yeah. Yeah. So what I would ask you, so um, the hotel Bob was referencing the Riviera, that is Disney's newest resort, Uh, I guess newest until the new cabins are built but it's the newest deluxe resort at walt disney world it is like the dvc resort so it's a new dvc resort as well it's on the skyliner it's walking distance to caribbean beach Uh, it's it's a beautiful resort and everyone who has stayed there has really loved it Uh, the food options are great there too and on the top floor if you eat dinner there you can watch both epcot and hollywood studios doesn't really have fireworks but they fire off a couple uh during their projection show um and so you can but you can watch fireworks from there kind of like you can do at the contemporary for magic kingdom so if you're deciding between riviera and yacht or beach club my question for you kelly would be do you all like to walk because if you like to walk yacht and beach club you can walk to epcot 
uh, within 10 minutes. You can even actually walk to Hollywood Studios within 15 to 20 minutes. Like that is, it's not as close as Disneyland is, but it's as close to feeling like you're at Disneyland um, just in terms of the convenience to walk to the parks. If you're at Riviera, you're going to have to take the Skyliner, which I mean, I love the Skyliner. It's a lot of fun to ride in, but you know, I think that is something that you need to consider. And I would ask like, do you do you imagine walking everywhere? Or I don't know if teens get more whiny than, you know, school age kids about walking and stuff like that. (laughs) Actually, they do pretty well walking now. Um, They get whiny about different things now. I could, well, let me ask this. Is the Skyliner uh, convenient to take? Or are there lines? Is there, um, you know, how does that work? I've never been there with the Skyliner. Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, It's very convenient. Um, So especially at Riviera, the what they do is actually so the way it works is caribbean beach is kind of like the hub and riviera you can walk between the stations uh the caribbean beach and riviera stations but what they do is caribbean beach when they launch skyliners to epcot mm-hmm. um, it stops at riviera along the way and they actually will keep cars empty at caribbean beach so that when they get to riviera people can go in so really even at rope drop when there's a line it it runs really quickly, 10, 15 minutes. I mean, the Skyliner is probably Disney's most efficient form of quote-unquote public transportation. Like, it beats the monorail for sure. Um, it beats buses. You know, you never really feel like you have to wait a super long time. The only exception is maybe at the very, very end of the night if you go, like, right after fireworks. Um, however, normally, once fireworks go off, especially if my kids were older, I actually like to just relax in the park and people watch a little bit, maybe shop or eat something. Um, and then, you know, after like 15, 20 minutes, the Skyliner lines have kind of dissipated and died down. Of course, if you're at Yacht and Beach Club, after the fireworks at Epcot, you just you just take a 10-minute walk and you're back in your room. So that's really nice too. Yeah. Joe, I'd, I'd second every good thing you said about the Skyliner. At, but we took the Skyliner from Pop Century up to all the parks. And even right at the time when the park closed, Fantasmic lets out of Hollywood Studios. That thing is just a people eater. It just keeps going. You know, there's no waiting for the next monorail train. So I, I think it was. I think it's the best thing Disney's done in a long time. It really opens up a lot of resorts that weren't in in contention for me. Right, um, the Caribbean Beach, like you say, Pop Century. But I, I do like the Riviera idea. One, one more in, in the spirit of being fancy, Bob. Uh, concierge level. They don't have mm-hmm. concierge level at the um, at the Riviera. I don't think, but they do have it at Beach and Yacht. Joe, have you done that? And the only reason I mention it. Is because it's kind of cost prohibitive, I think, at the at uh, Grand Californian, but it, it it seems a little bit more reasonably priced. Maybe the rooms are more reasonably priced at something like Beach and Yacht. What 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 feedback do you have on concierge level? And I don't, I don't know if Kelly's even really interested in it. If like if she likes that being part of her trip, so maybe start there, Kelly. Would would concierge be, uh, level be something of interest? Um, I think concierge level would be of interest if it was economical. Like you said, at Grand Californian, we we look at the price for concierge and it just doesn't seem like it's a, a good uh, use of money. Yeah. How much more is it, uh, Joe, at uh, Beach and Yacht typically? Say rooms uh, 500, how much is uh, adding concierge level there? It's usually like a couple hundred dollars a night. I would, I've would i only stayed concierge at Boardwalk. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really nice. I mean, it was great. I think your 14 and 16-year-old, they will be allowed to like go there themselves. So, you know, I know that, I mean, even with my kids' ages, like they want some space, but when you're in a hotel room, you don't really get it. And so that might be nice for them. It's nice to not, it is nice not to have to worry about breakfast 
um, and to not be, it's not even like getting breakfast or finding it. That's the problem. It's scrambling that, uh, especially when you're rope dropping and stuff like that. Um, so that's nice. I like love the concierge splurge. Um, but if you are going to sit down and think about, you know, if you're going to do a dollar to dollar comparison, like that's never going to be worth it. So, I mean, also if you're spending $300 extra per night on concierge, um, if, if you, if you want to, if you, if you want to spend money, like sometimes I would ask myself, uh, you know, and people have been doing this more, I'm doing my first Bob. So you'll be maybe excited to hear it. Well, I, at least I'm planning on doing my first, but like for an extra $400 per night, or per hour, you can try a VIP tour and see how that is. And like, if it's, if it's like VIP tour or concierge, you know, that, that'd be a fun, you know, if, if we're talking about spending money, that'd be a fun splurge to kind of play around with. But I'm also, uh, remember, I'm trying to save money for Kelly for next year's uh, ABD cruise. So, you know, let's calm down. <laughs> well, well, another thing to consider uh, along the lines of uh, concierge level is whether you and your family enjoy Disney dining. Some people do, some people don't. Right. And so if you have the concierge level, I think it diminishes the amount of dining you're going to do it at Disney Resort and park uh, options. So if Kelly and her family are really excited about checking out some of the unique dining that they have you know, at Animal Kingdom Lodge, at, at Epcot, of course, um, maybe having concierge would actually be a little bit of a detriment. They m- might have wished they put that $300 towards uh, unique dining experiences that they don't have in California. What do you think about that trade off, Kelly? Uh, yeah. So every time we go to Disney, we make reserve, we have like four or five of our favorite restaurants that we make reservations at. So I think you are right, Bob. Cause I, I do remember last time we were at Disney world, there was a, um, an Italian restaurant that we really enjoyed and a Mexican restaurant that I think was, um, maybe an Epcot that we really enjoyed. So I do think we enjoy going out and doing some of that Disney dining. Well, Joe, it sounds to me like um, uh, Riviera and, and Beach and Yacht could be one consideration. And then maybe the next decision is between Animal Kingdom Lodge and something up on the monorail loop. So Kelly, do you remember where you stayed, which hotels you've stayed at before? So the last trip we were at the Swan and Dolphin. Oh, yeah, yeah. The one before that, I know it was a Disney resort. And it's been so long ago. I think it might have been on the boardwalk. So you might have stayed at Yatter Beach Club already. I I don't remember that, but I, your memory on Swan Dolphin, I, I do remember that. If I had to guess, it was just like a moderate. Wasn't I? Don't think you've stayed at the the Grand Floridian, nor no. the nor the Polynesian, nor the Contemporary, the three monorail resorts that are closest to Magic Kingdom. Yeah, because the the trip I we did. Um, the first trip we did there, we were pretty young. So I'm pretty sure we were in uh, the Grand Floridian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Joe, of those three there, I know there's there's trade-offs there. You want to walk us through that? I know, you know, being walking distance, I think that'd be something would be appealing to them, but it's surprising sometimes how far away the hotels that seem really close are, 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 are not to the Magic Kingdom compared to California. I prefer the Contemporary because uh, it is the closest and also... It is the cheapest, and so I really like that. The Polynesian is, um, again, has an amazing pool, but you might not use it as much. I will say Polynesian has the best food options. Um, however, oh, and I should also caveat that um, my kids being Asian like tend towards Asian taste type food, and so the Polynesian really fits the bill for that, both for their quick and their quick service and their sit down. Um, and then the grand Floridian in general is just a little bit too fancy for us. 
the it's it's like unless you like that feeling of being pampered and stuff like that because it's 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 like the most elegant of the three hotels but for the cost and you can walk to magic kingdom now from grand californian I'm, excuse me, Grand Floridian in 15 to 20 minutes. Um, and so that's really nice. But I like, I'll, let me put it this way. My six-year-old is super into princesses because um, she could wear a princess outfit and like it totally fit in. Um, they're, you know, hopefully they'll bring back, I mean, your kids are too old for this, but for anyone else listening, hopefully they'll bring back the princess tea one day. Um, kids really love to do that. Like my other kids who all they want to do is they want to go to the parks and experience as much as they can. We stay at the contemporary because it's like a five, 10 minute walk. Uh, yeah, no, I, a lot to consider there. Um, on the Polynesian, I, I do agree the food is, is pretty good there. And I like the theming of it. It's very fun. It feels like the, the most fun, heavily themed resort of the bunch. But uh, given that they've been to Hawaii and Alani, I, I wonder if it's a little bit, uh, might be, a, I don't know, a letdown compared to Alani. So yeah, the the contemporary being the shortest walk could be interesting, and they've got the the tower there, which might be a little sterile on the theming, but you'd still be close to the contemporary for dining options and ready access on foot, and then uh, via monorail all over the place. So that, that I've stayed in like a one bedroom in the DVC at the contemporary there, that could be an option. So Kelly, have you out in California stayed at any? Have you ever done a, a DVC stay, like a hotel DVC stay? where you get all the same services, but the room's bigger with like a little kitchen and stuff like that. Like, I think that space could be appealing for a longer stay, but have you stayed in something like that? Uh, we have not, but that does sound like a great option for our family. I do know when uh, we did the Adventures by Disney and part of it was at Disney Resort, You, the way you book it, you end up with two Grand Californian adjoining rooms and having that extra space was uh, pretty amazing, especially at Grand Californian. So I think a little extra space would be helpful. Joe, could you help explain a little bit the difference between like a one bedroom at a deluxe uh, as a villa, like with little kitchen, as opposed to just uh, one of the nicest, bigger rooms? And that'd be true, maybe like Animal Kingdom Lodge or at the the Riviera or the or, or, or uh, Beach and Yacht. What's the difference between a, like a, a, a nice big hotel room versus a, a one bedroom villa? Yeah, I mean, I think with a one bedroom villa, you are going, it's basically like you're going to get a living room um, and then you know, you might still be sleeping in the same room with two green queen beds in the same room, but there's an option for someone to sleep in the living room and to have that more space. I don't know how big teenagers are. Oh, I guess I do because I work with them every day, but, uh, I don't know how big they are when they live in your house. Um, I know that a lot of families that age have asked me for just more space. And again, just to bring back concierge, I'm pretty much eliminating concierge for you all in my mind, unless you're dying to do it. Like if, if, if it's, it's about the same price difference to do a one bedroom villa in one of these resorts as it is to do concierge. And I feel like most of the time, you know, taking the space will be better for your family, especially because you're like spending a whole week together, uh, it is nice to have that space. Yeah, I think of the bathroom configuration too, they're having more space for people to get prepped in. If you're just in a standard hotel room with a standard, you know, uh, uh, sink and shower in the same room, having some of those one bedroom, I mean, they even have two and three bedroom, but I think the one bedroom would be enough space. And I like that there's sometimes multiple bathrooms there if you can find a configuration like that to have multiple prep areas. 
And then uh, I, I like what Disney does in terms of allowing a lot of people in the room and not just by having a lot of standard beds, but like creative like couches that fall, fold out that are pretty comfortable to sleep on or fold out of the wall in creative ways and things like that. So I like that you can you, you have more space for lounging during the day, maybe for a little bit of food prep, additional prep area. So I think, gosh, you know, sometimes people talk about DVC and they think it's just, you know, buying into DVC or renting DVC points and such like. But Joe, you can you can book that just like a hotel room and, and the, there's pretty good inventory, right? Yes, actually, the inventory is typically better than renting DVC points, so um, you can do it all the time. I was actually looking in October. Uh, I'm not sure your exact dates, Kelly, and we can connect about that not on a public forum. But uh, yeah, some of the resorts like only have um, one-bedroom villas left. And I, I should say that a lot of times, you know, one of the things that I was talking to another prospective client the other day, and what I told them was, you know, when as of right now, there are no rooms on sale at Disney in October or it ends October 3rd, the current sale. Uh, I expect them to go on sale later. But the reality is like the difference between you, uh, anybody looking it up and me looking it up, there is no difference. However, I will put in the work to make sure that I can find the cheapest room available. So, for example, like I just said, I searched a random set of dates like 6 to the 10th in October and I only saw one bedroom villas available in Beach Club I think uh, but you know I use various tricks to see if I can get a standard room available and so you know that's what I would do like if there's a room type you want I'll do everything I can to try to find uh, that for you and then I have to pull some shenanigans to lock in that room but um, they're not really shenanigans because Disney doesn't actually care Joe, can I ask a follow-up question? Sure. So um, when you go to Disneyland, it seems like planning is pretty, for me at least, like three to six months in advance is plenty of time. Their schedule doesn't open up um, very early, so you really can't plan um, too far ahead. How is Disney World different? Like when is a good time to start planning a trip how far in advance yeah it's gotten very actually similar to disneyland because now for both disneyland and disney world dining is two months out um and so what i normally say is i think now is the time to book a room um and then if the rooms go on sale or when they go on sale i will check your room to see if i can apply that discount to it if i can't i'll see there are going to be rooms on property that are similar you know we're talking about all these different hotels right now let's say we book riviera for you um and then the discount comes out and riviera doesn't have any rooms left for the discount but beach club does then i'll be like hey we talked about beach club too it's a uh, 200 cheaper now do you want to book, you know, so that, that that's what we'll do. But in terms of planning, planning, like now's the time to get something down. Uh, it's $200 deposit. Uh, I guess it'll be two $200 deposits because you're going to have two stays. But after that, you don't have to worry about it. And then really, unless I rebook you into a sale or you guys change dates or you change your mind or you want to try something else, we don't talk again or don't need to talk again, I should say, until like seven days before. And then 70 days before, that's when I'll send you an email and be like, hey, what are you thinking about in terms of dining? Um, what dining do you want to book? And then after we book the dining, that kind of, at that point, you'll be like, now I know I'm probably going to be at Magic Kingdom on this day, Epcot on this day, Animal Kingdom on this day. And then after that, it's like a week before 
I will talk to my clients again and we'll hop on the phone and we'll talk about your strategy for like how to attack the parks, how to best maximize Genie Plus if it's still the same in October as it is right now. Um, well, we'll talk about that regardless, but you know, I'm just throwing in that aside that Genie Plus could change. And then, yeah, that's kind of how the planning goes. So it's, you know, after we have this initial conversation, after we figure out something, it's a lot of hanging out and relaxing until like August. Yeah, just as you were talking there, Joe, I'm thinking, okay, we were talking about hotels, but then the hotels drive which parks you go to which days, and then uh, you might want to make dining reservations. Some of those dining reservations might be hard to get. I mean, do you run into situations where someone says, you know, I absolutely have to go to Space 220, and they get it when they're staying completely far away, and they're like, oh, what the heck, That my whole plan is messed up now. Yeah, so that is not as much of an issue now. Dining has not been as brutal. Um, I think it's, this is why I'm like, you know, I'm not going to stake my entire reputation on it, but a decent amount of it, there will be sales in October, November, and December. Uh, Maybe they'll avoid like the three day weekends or there'll be very limited availability for that. But the reality is there is low demand or much lower demand than there has been in the past for Walt Disney World in 2024. And we've seen it because I would say this time in 2023, when we were booking spring break dining for our clients, it was like, you know, you had to be up at the crack of dawn at 6 a.m. And then like Space 220, you would have to get it on day five or six of a seven night stay because you can book for the entire stay. And then like, you know, further out, there's going to be more availability. Now it's like I woke up at, you know, I have a colleague who helps me we work on this together. She booked a bunch of dining for a client and she missed out on one. And then I was up like an hour later and then I checked and then it was there. Um, and I was able to find it. So, you know, it's a lot better now. Um, and so I don't typically worry about dining too much. You know, I should be able to get, I even, uh, Bob, I even, I don't know if I'm going to go, but, uh, I even grabbed four seats at Victorian Alberts. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. And, and it was like, I wasn't even looking for it. That That's the thing, right? Um, and for those who don't know, that's like Disney's close to Michelin star restaurant. I think it used to have a Michelin star. I've never been there, uh, right? It's, it's, but it's like uh, uh, adults only and, and uh, jackets required, right? Yeah, yeah. It's that kind of restaurant. It's like a really tough ticket to get. And I was just looking for dining for my family for, you know, this is Easter weekend, I should say as well. And I was looking around. I was not using any of the hacks I use to like get, dining early or anything like that. I was just rolling in there like a normal person. And I was like, oh, Victorian Alberts, let me just book this in case, um, you know, my wife and my sister and her husband decide that we want to go. So, you know, <laughs> I think I think it's a lot better. Um, Kelly, now is a great time to go to Walt Disney World because the stress levels, while I'm not going to say are non-existent, they're a lot lower because it's just a little bit less crazy these days. Um, just because the demand is lower and Disney is trying to attract people. Oh well, Joe, I can I can personally speak, and Kelly too, uh, to you and your colleagues' uh, Disney dining booking acumen. Me and Kelly were rapidly looking on the morning that we thought it was time to book stuff for Disneyland, and uh, the day before you got back and said we're all set. So I think that is especially helpful when you know what you're doing. But you guys seem to have some magic that I can't wrap my head around. So I think that's a super valuable thing. I guess we can talk about that more, you know, specific restaurants, things that are unique to Disney World versus uh, Disneyland, and you can line them up with some good recommendations there. But is that I'm interested, very interested, Joe, how how things go from here? You know, like if you're taking a vacation, you like some somebody to put a a menu in front of you that that's that has 
that, that avoids decision fatigue. Right? We had a good conversation here. It points, points them in the right direction. Do you, you say, okay, here's, a, here, here, here's an option. We, we talked about the Riviera. We talked about uh, beach and yacht. Here's the price differences. You can make a decision there. Uh, here's Animal Kingdom Lodge, You know, standard room versus a Savannah view. Here's contemporary. Here's poly or something like that. Do you, how, how, do you, how do you go forward with the customer from here? Yeah, so I mean, here's exactly what I'll do, Kelly. Uh, as soon as we get off here, and I know uh, we need to end this soon, I'm gonna DM you, and I'll be like, "What are your dates?" And then I will let's say let's say you're looking at seven nights. So I will just do I'll do a couple quotes for four nights starting at Hotel A, three nights starting at Hotel B. With it'll it'll it will exactly look like a menu, right? So you know, since you're thinking of doing a split stay. It'll be like, okay, Riviera Beach Boardwalk. That's what it'll look like for the first four nights. And then Monorail Hotels plus Animal Kingdom Lodge. That's what it'll look like for the last three nights. And then all the pricing will be there. Um, and so then after that, you know, we'll talk over email or DM or phone or whatever, and we'll figure out which plan works best for you at this point in time. Um, I find that Disney World trips are an ever evolving itinerary. And so you may decide, Oh, I want to do three nights at the beginning and then four later. And then, you know, we, we can always work that out and we'll talk more on email, like exactly what you're looking for. And I'll give you more details about the hotels so you can make the decision that's best for you and your family. Once we lock those things in and make the deposits, um, which are fully refundable and you can make any changes you want, as long as we find the availability, then, like I said, normally what I do is like, I, give clients light homework. I, I like, I don't know how else this, it's crazy. It's supposed to be vacation, but I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to sign you homework. So actually, Bob, you know, as a fellow podcaster, you'll be interested. Like I found that clients were asking so much about dining that we did a restaurant. We did an episode on like the most popular restaurants, di- uh, sit down restaurants and actually quick service restaurants, just so that I can like send it to clients and they can look through and like be like, Oh, these are the ones that, um, we like and that we would like to get. And so, yeah, after you decide what hotel, um, it sounds like if you do five day tickets in Disneyland, you're going to do at least five day tickets in Disney world. And that'll be totally fine. Oh, we'll have to also like talk about, well, you probably won't want to do the water park, but we'll like mention that if you want to do the water park and yeah, then we just go from there. Um, it's, it's hotel and tickets, then dining two months before the trip. And then one week before the trip, we talk about brass tax and how you're going to tackle the parks. Okay. That sounds exciting. And I love the idea of a kind of a menu of restaurants because we enjoy going to the restaurants, but I think uh, looking at all the options at Disney World would be pretty overwhelming and not knowing any of them uh, very well, it would be good to have some recommendations. Yeah. There's like over 50 restaurants. And then, you know, I I would ask you guys like, you know, so normal. So like I said, I know that my kids um, like to eat Asian food. Um, And so, you know, for example, if you said that, then I could give you a certain set of recommendations, but there are, there are, there is food to suit any taste. And then I should also say that I have clients who will say things like, um, so of course, Kelly, you know, blue Bayou in Disneyland, right? Where you eat and you're just like at pirates of the, Caribbean and you're just eating under the stars. So they have an equivalent restaurant um, in the Mexico pavilion in Epcot, which the food, as far as I've heard is 
only okay. You know, it's not the greatest food, but people really like the ambiance. So sometimes people will just do restaurants just to get the experience. And so, you know, we can talk through all that, like what you're looking for. Like, do you want food that tastes good or do you want to have fun? <laughs> and then uh, sometimes, sometimes you can have both. <laughs> that That's really funny because my family is very into theming. So um, we go to Blue Bayou every time we are at Disney and uh, probably our favorite restaurant. And the one restaurant I remember um, going to at Disney World had, I believe, an, uh, a little uh, volcano that erupts every hour. And that's that's uh, one thing I remember from my Disney World trip. <laughs> so- that sounds like the same the same restaurant, if, I, if my memory serves me. But Joy, I, I think of your podcast as normally being a funnel for uh, attracting clients for your travel agent business, and maybe, uh, maybe specific pointers to episodes about you and Leslie's dining recommendations. You'll have a, a client here that becomes a podcast listener. So this could be a very virtuous cycle. Yes, yes. The syn- uh, what is the word that uh, Bob Chapek used? Synergy? Well, well uh, no, was it synergy or I can't... activations? <laughs> oh yeah, activations. Yeah, that's what we got going on at uh, Disney Deciphered. But yeah, I mean, the last thing I would uh, say, Kelly, when thinking about a Walt Disney World vacation for a, a Disneyland regular, is it's gonna feel different and it's gonna feel super overwhelming. But at the same time, it will also like once you're in it, it's gonna feel really familiar. And then the really exciting part for you is you're going to be getting to see parks and theme parks that don't feel anything like Disneyland. So the one, like I actually prefer Disneyland for its convenience, but when I go from Walt Disney World to Disneyland, I go into Disneyland and it's like, oh, this is kind of like the Magic Kingdom. I go into California Adventure and it's like, oh, this is kind of like Hollywood Studios with a little bit of Epcot sprinkled in. Whereas when you go to Walt Disney World, you know, um, Epcot, it really feels quite different now, Bob. I know you haven't been back since they have taken down a lot of the construction walls, um, but it, it feels like a different, completely different park than what you get in California. And then Animal Kingdom, of course, is uh, its own not a zoo park. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's just so much fun to see the same Disney theming and ideas and imagineering and magic, but to see it in a different context. So I think you're going to have an amazing time. I think with your help, it's going to be great, Joe. And I think the Disney World has hit a tipping point where, like you said, Tron, uh, Avatar Flight of Passage, the Guardians Coaster at Epcot. There's enough attractions on the East Coast now that they haven't experienced that it's a really good time for them to visit. And I like what you're saying, too, about uh, discounts coming out that later this year. And I think with your guidance, they're going to have a, a great trip. So I appreciate your help, Joe. And I appreciate you being a, a guinea pig for this endeavor, Kelly. And uh, Joe, you might get a re- return client out of me out of this as well. I think I'll try to sneak down there for the weekend and join them. So I'll be uh, watching and seeing where they're staying and hope to stay close to them to join us them for part of the adventure. Oh, if you're going to go down, we should just get you all like a three-bedroom villa, you know? Oh, there's an idea. There's an idea. <laughs> Those book out really fast, though, so I mean, they I've might noticed be gone that already. You look at the super expensive things, and, and but Disney won't even take your money unless you're right on top of those, uh, you know, th- yeah, like three-bedroom at the Contemporary or the Cabins or something like that. They go quick. All right, Kelly, any more questions? Well, no, I think I'm excited. I'm I'm ready to book. I need to just need to figure out what hotels are going to be best for our family. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. And um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to, you know, I, I always I always say this to clients and it feels like it's a bit and it's like one of those things like I really hate people who are fake and I can't help it. It sounds fake, but I really enjoy helping people plan their vacation. So I'm really looking forward to helping you plan yours. I don't know. It's just a it's just one of those things. 
No, Joe, you're, I could tell you, and uh, in working with you, it's one of those things where if you, you feel like you, if you can't get your client a great deal, a, a perfect experience, you feel like you've failed. Like, oh, you got bad service at that restaurant? Oh, I'm, I'm so frustrated with that. I, I shouldn't have mentioned that restaurant or something like that. You feel personally responsible for your clients having a good trip. That would, that's what makes you an award-winning Disney travel agent. Yeah. Also, yeah, it's a blessing and a curse, honestly. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm yeah. too wrapped up into people's vacations. You know, it, it's it's not necessarily healthy, but hopefully you'll get a good vacation out of it, Kelly. <laughs> All right, let's see what, uh, if it's, uh, if it's. I think this is a nice little package of something. To, it'll be a, quite a cliffhanger if somebody has to wait, what, six months now until the, the trip? It seems like oh, eight months, eight months. We're, we're really oh, yeah, far out no. here. We, we, could, <laughs> we could update it in 2025, who knows? <laughs> and then the trip gets canceled and, and moved around and it doesn't even happen. But half the, half the fun with Disney is the planning, right? That is true. <laughs> Oh yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I was a uh, WW prep school. I was like watching one of her Instagram stories, and she said Walt Disney World is her favorite Disney property because it's the only one that like completely scratches the planning itch. Like, if you are Type A, you love planning. It, it really is part of the fun, and I, I guess that is kind of why I got into all this in the first place. Well, uh, Len Testa was saying last week, he was, you know, uh, Jim Hill was always saying that, um, I don't know if you, if you listen to podcasts or if you're looking for more Disney podcasts, but between Joe's Disney's Deciphered, uh, WW Prep School, he just mentioned it's a good one, and uh, uh, the Jim Hill and Len Testa, I forget, the Disney Dish podcast. That's my, that's my like, you know, the first one I started looking into. But they were taking on the issue of how much planning is required. And, and, and you know, Jim was like, there's so much planning required. People just are so grumpy about all the planning, waking up at seven and fast, fast, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Len said, you know, what, what trip do you go on where you don't have to do any planning? I mean, and how many trips are there where, like, that you can beat Disney where they provide entertainment, uh, a complete package for you. And I think that's why people like Disney and that's why Kelly and her family like going on Disney trips again. Yeah, we enjoy being just, you get there and then you're immersed. You don't have to leave. You can be there an entire week and feel like you did so many different things, but you're, you stay in the same, well, maybe you move, move hotels once, but um, it's just nice to get there and you're in the experience the whole entire time. Oh yeah. One more thing. Uh, last thing, last, last, last thing that you will love to know is that Disney will move your luggage for you. So you don't even have to worry about that part. So really, <laughs> if you get lucky and they assign you a room early, like you could go, you know, room to room and, you know, you'll have to wait for your luggage for whenever they end up bringing it over. But uh, it's it's a really nice, seamless process, um, all things considered. So. <laughs> I love ridiculous Disney things like that. Even it would be easier for me to take my rollboard over to the new location. <laughs> we, we, we did the golf down there, Joe, last time we were there. And Disney will provide you free taxi vouchers if you're staying at a Disney hotel. And it was, you know, like you said, it was a $12 Uber ride or something like that. Or maybe it would have been more like 20 because it was up by the poly all the way down to the Pop Century. But they'll give you free free taxi vouchers. So I went from Pop Century to the golf course, golf course to the poly, poly back to the Pop Century all on Disney taxi vouchers, old school taxis picking people up. But I just love that Disney does stuff like that to you know try to make it a complete vacation. That's awesome. I mean, that that is, uh, I mean, it always sounds like I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, but I feel like that is like the Disney difference, like their customer service, even if it's maybe dropped, a, like lost a little bit of a step. It's just so top notch. Um, and, you know, Kelly, I know you know that from your Southern California ABD. It's just, it's just amazing what they can do and how great their cast members are. Yeah, maybe we need to do another podcast to talk about the uh, Rhine River cruise that I want to take because I have a lot of questions on that too. <laughs> we can just do I a regular it. phone call for that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. I, I'm looking forward to following along with this trip and maybe being a part of it. So thanks, Kelly. And thanks, Joe. Uh, I'll wrap this up here and um, I'll, I'll edit it together, Joe. We can see where we want to release it uh, now or later or, or or somewhere. But I, I think it's an interesting conversation. And I like the way you describe what the process is, uh, a very real simulation here. Yeah, thanks for having me. And thanks, Kelly, for indulging uh, two nerdy podcasters about this kind of thing. <laughs> well said. <laughs> well, thanks for having me. And I appreciate all of the information. It's easier to make a decision when uh, you have someone with some some expertise on your side. Kelly, there are dozens of people invested in this now. Dozens. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Bob. Thank you. Thanks, Joe. You have been listening to Checking In with Robert Dwyer on the Milonomics Podcast Network. <laughs>